today's show, Season 6, Episode 9, Mindfulness Revisited. I'm going to talk more about the concept of mindfulness. Coming up on your favorite podcast show, Cup of Dow, starting right now. You're listening to Cup of Dow with your host, Chris L. McClish. Chris is a man with many roles, many journeys, and one spirit. How's it going? It's good to be here today. I've talked before about mindfulness, and I think that talking more about it helps reinforce the concept. I can't emphasize enough that it's not something that you can learn and say, okay, I got it. It's actually a practice, an art, something that you can get better at, but maybe never fully master. Let me explain a way to grasp mindfulness using a common example. You ever been to a movie theater? Watching a movie that really grips you. You sit there, you're so engrossed in the movie that you experience emotions and reactions as if you're actually in the movie and experiencing what is happening personally. Maybe your heart's racing, maybe you're sweating, you're on the edge of your seat. But then, something happens to change your perspective. Maybe someone in the row walks down the aisle, or someone in the theater coughs. Or maybe it's just reminding yourself, telling yourself it's only a movie. When you're able to step back and realize it's not me that's in the movie, I'm just an observer, that's similar to mindfulness. And we have the capacity to step back, be like an observer to our thoughts and our actions, as well as the actions of others. It's kind of exciting when you recognize that you're not your own thoughts, when you can realize that you don't have to take your thoughts as who you are and buy into them 100%. And when you realize your interpretations may not be the absolute only way to see things. Is this a form of detachment? Yeah, but it's a form of healthy detachment because you can control it. You step out to observe your thoughts and feelings when needed. There's been a lot written about changing your thoughts. This is not really that. Has cognitive therapy or thought therapy or talk therapy, has that helped people? Of course it has. I've been critical of the philosophy of, well, just change your thoughts to positive ones for several reasons. The biggest reason I think is because it's easier said than done. If you're upset about whatever, just find alternative thoughts, right? Hmm, I don't know. It's really hard to do that. Another reason, and there's been some good research studies to show this reason, is because it may not be necessary. It is sufficient and probably more impactful to learn to be able to change your relationship to your thoughts, to be able to not buy into every thought. Now, having said that, a healthy byproduct of mindfulness, or being able to have a healthy detachment and see thoughts as thoughts, is that you develop an alternative perspective. And those alternative thoughts come with that. That's the ultimate reward, but not the immediate goal. I hope all that makes sense. 
Changing your thoughts kind of reminds me when, as a therapist, I would hear others talk about stopping your thoughts. How in the heck do you stop a thought? Instead, why not let thoughts come and let them go? Why not learn to recognize that you also don't have to act on every single thought? I once argued with a colleague, a therapist who said that people must do as their thoughts tell them to do. I told him, if you can tell yourself to raise your right hand, but not actually do it, then you know that you do not have to act on your thoughts. Thought therapy or self-talk therapy, cognitive therapy, whatever you want to call it, will not solve every problem. Neither will mindfulness. I remember a situation where a colleague, a therapist, was doing a group, and he had a girl in the group. And she was living in a home where there was no running water, no electricity. Her uncle was abusive, who she lived with. And he was trying to tell her that if she changed her thoughts when she got out of the hospital, things would be pretty good for her. Um, how do you really do that? That was a bad situation. Now, maybe changing some perspective and developing thoughts about getting out of that might be healthy. But again, just changing your thoughts won't solve all your problems. Let me give you a practical example. Let's say the bank called me and said somebody stole my identity and that my bank account is completely drained. I might start to think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to pay my payment to live. I'm not going to be able to get any food. Uh, what if they keep charging things? Oh no, this is terrible. This is horrible. My life might be over. I might be homeless because of this. I might have all these catastrophizing thoughts. Is it really healthy or helpful to see these as dysfunctional thoughts, as negative thoughts or not true? No. There's an element of truth to these thoughts, isn't there? Can I replace them with positive thoughts? Oh, things will be fine. Everything will be great. No worries. Probably not. So, with mindfulness, I can sit back and look and see that I'm having all these thoughts. My mind says, you're going to be homeless. Things are going to be terrible. A good technique is to thank your mind. I learned it from the acceptance and commitment therapy people. Thank your mind for that thought. Okay, thanks for that thought, but let's not go there. Let's see what we can do given, this, given the seriousness of the situation. By seeing our thoughts as just thoughts, we can kind of pay attention to them, but not so much buy into them. Does that make sense? And then we can start to look at what can we do, and then healthy alternative thoughts will develop. Or more productive, should I say, instead of healthy. And again, this is a practice. Because I can see some of you saying, oh yeah, so you find out that somebody stole your identity, you're just going to not pay attention to your thoughts or detach from them and everything's going to be fine. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying with the practice of this, we can get to where we don't buy into every single thought and we're able to step back from those. And to me, that's more important than just thinking healthy, happy thoughts. I hope that makes sense. A technique I developed that's helped me, I developed a little acronym called the four L's. Look, listen, label, let it be. 
And how it works is like this. Look, what are the facts of the situation? Okay, I found out I had identity theft. Listen, what are my thoughts telling me? What's my mind telling me? My mind is telling me things are going to be terrible. I'm not going to be able to get gas. I'm not going to be able to go to work. I'm going to lose my job. I'm not going to be able to pay for my house bill. I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to be homeless. Everything's going to fall apart. Label. What am I doing? I'm catastrophizing. My mind's going to the worst extremes. Let it be. Let some of the thoughts that are helpful motivate me to go to the bank, to call the authorities, and let the ones that are taking me to a place where I can't function, kind of let them come and go, observe them. And when my mind says to me, your life is over, this is the end, okay, thanks for that thought, but this is not the end yet. We're going to work with this. We're going to get through this somehow. Is that developing a healthy alternative thought? Yeah, in a way. But you got to see that this is not the goal. This is kind of like a byproduct in there. I'm not just wanting to switch my thoughts or stop my thoughts. So I believe that the practice of mindfulness is more important than the goal of just developing positive thoughts. To be able to step back and see that critical mind for what it is. It's like a constant radio station where a DJ's spouting off something that you don't believe, but you hear it 24-7 because we've got that critical radio in our head. Just like a radio station where you don't have to buy into everything that the person's saying on the radio, you don't have to buy into every thought that you have. And you can learn to kind of separate, detach when you need to, and then look at a different way of seeing things. So the process of mindfulness is more important than changing your thoughts. Again, a good way to sum it up is to change your relationship to your thoughts and not give them so much power. Let's take a break. If you would like to connect with me or learn more about me, go to my new website, mcclish.me. That's M-C-C. L-I-S-H dot M-E, McClish dot me. Also check out my book, Accepting Life on Life's Terms. Get it where you get great books. If you love the podcast, you'll love the book. So if you haven't already been doing so, practice mindfulness this week. See if you can look for opportunities to step outside your thoughts. Kind of look at what is my mind telling me right now? Maybe even look for times when your mind says, let's not go to the gym and work out, or let's not go to this or that that's healthy for us. Uh, Let's stay at home and watch TV. Say, thank you for that thought, but we're going to go ahead and do this. Uh, Yeah, but you don't really need to do that. Yeah, thank you for that thought, but we're going to go ahead and do this healthy action. So try that and see how it works for you. I think that's pretty much it for today. That's it for today's show. I look forward to seeing you next time. May peace and love be with you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. Have a good day. This podcast is a Coach CMC production.